Hey, everybody. Welcome to season two of the Unbeatable podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. The first guest in season two is a guy that I've got a chance to get to know online, Jeff Lopes, who has started a bunch of businesses, coached leaders over the years, and has this wildly successful podcast up in Canada, eh? And today, you get a chance to hear from Jeff. You get a chance to hear some real-life, everyday challenges that we all face, not just entrepreneurs and leaders, all of us go through on this episode of Unbeatable. I can't wait for you to learn from Jeff Lopes as he leads us to be unbeatable. These stories of triumph over adversity will help you handle your toughest days in life and become unbeatable. Jeff, thank you so much for being willing to be the first official guest on season two of Unbeatable. I had a chance to appear on your show. Thanks for doing me uh, a solid and appearing on my show. And by the way, I've been looking forward to kicking off season two with you. So thanks, buddy. So for all of the listening audience who's not familiar with you and your successful podcast and a little bit of your background, I was just telling everybody that you are a leader of leaders. You've started a number of successful businesses, and now you've got this podcast that's blowing up. And man, it's great to have Jeff knows um, on this episode of Unbeatable. Let's talk a little bit about getting a couple of businesses started because you've been an entrepreneur for a long time, right? Yeah, this uh, this January coming, it'll be 27 years I've been at this. Absolutely, man. What was the first business? What caused you to get it started? You know what? I always had the itching, I mean, to be an entrepreneur. I mean, I can remember myself 12, 13 years old. My dad on weekends dropping me off at a, a local sports card shop or, or a convention, and I would buy a ton of packs of cards, open them up, find find the best cards, go to booths, sell them, and come out with $7,500 in my pocket on a Saturday morning. I was like 12, 13 years nice. old. So it always it always had that that itch to hustle and, and to provide for myself. And when I was 17 years old, I actually started my first company. It was a security um, company. And that went on for about a year and a half. I ended up selling that, um, not for a lot, but I ended up selling because my parents forced my hand there for me to focus on school. And until this day, it was funny that um, that company, the gentleman that bought that company off me after all these years still runs that company. So that was my first really test with being an entrepreneur. Nice. And then at 19, as I was in college, I really, I really decided that I wanted to work on my own. I really wanted to be my own provider. I didn't want to have, I want to be my own, have my own accountability and, and be able to create things because I loved creating and building and branding and, and learning. So I, I really just started on my own and, and it's been 27 years of wins and losses. And and when you go back and look at everything, I mean, there's, there's has been tons of losses like every entrepreneur, but I always say, if you can stack more wins and losses, you're on the right side. So I've been one of those fortunate yeah. and, and obviously being smart and, and putting myself around the right individuals allows, allowed me to really be successful in a few of my brands, a few of my companies and, and putting me in a place where I'm, I'm at 45, I'm at a comfortable situation in my life and, 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 I, and I continue to try to develop and grow things, right? Yeah, well, look, man, you start a company at 17, you sell it don't make a lot of money, but you don't lose your, your shirt on it. You keep starting companies, 19 years old, you're starting another. And by the way, the companies that you start are enduring companies. If that guy's still in business now, 26 years later, 
way to go, man. Um, certainly you've had a few downs along the way and a couple of ups. So let's talk about the genesis behind True Blue Homes. What was your what was the motivation to get this vacation homes business started? So prior to that, uh, I started a company in 2006 called uh, Kamorware. And Kamorware is a, we manufacture and design boxing and martial art equipment. And I started that in 2006. And that, till this day, is still our, our main brand, our main company. I've been having that company now for going on to 16 years. And as I was growing that company, and as I was developing that company, uh, in 2008, my son was born. And um, we went through a lot of um, difficult situations with my son. He spent the first four months of his life at Sick Kids Hospital. He was diagnosed with CP cerebral palsy um, when he was discharged from the hospital. And I didn't know his future. I didn't know his outcome. And and fortunately, with the yeah. right with the right, we had spoken, I think, a bit about this. But I've dedicated the last fourteen years to mm-hmm. getting him to another level. And 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 through that process. The first six months, a year, two years, I didn't know his future. I didn't know what he was, what his outcome would truly be. And you know, we were putting every type of resource, every type of, of, of physiotherapy, every type of exercise involved into developing him and, and, and getting him into a new course of his life. I didn't know what his outcome was. And my biggest fear was I was building this brand where I was still the face of the brand. I was still working exclusively in the brand and my biggest fear if something were to happen in this brand what would be left if something were to happen to me at that time say say i would get cancer i would get sick something would happen to me where would i leave for my children and that was my biggest fear and and that was when i actually started really trying to hone and understand what could i do that could build a future for him but also have sustainability and that's when i started really focusing on real estate and understanding that real estate was an asset that could bring passive income if it's done properly. And I started studying and learning it. And, and, and that's when I started investing in it. And I had to have two children. So what I I always tried to do is, is purchase properties back to back. So it would be for both of them split up down the middle. And, and I started focusing on commercial and vacation rental and, and learning how to not only use the equity to creep, building that process, but also figuring out the passive income to bring an income to myself and eventually to my children. And, and that's where it all started. And, um, and I've been at that venture now for 10 years. Um, we, we are at 10, we just sold one property, we had nine properties now. And it's just, it's just, just constantly growing and developing. And it's great because you, you're, you're seeing your investment grow year to year. And, but you're also bringing that passive income, which is bringing down the payments yeah. and also bringing income in your pocket every single month, which is incredible. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, um, an advocate for teaching and, and pushing people to focus on real estate as a passive income, especially as in the, in the vacation, in the vacation market. Cause we, now with Airbnb and booking.com and it's such oh, yeah. an incredible investment if it's done properly at the right location. Right. Yeah. Um, of course, if you don't know what you're doing, you can get in over your head and you can lose your shirt. But if you're smart about real estate, I mean, the guys that I, guys and gals that I know that are in real estate, they all make the same statement, right? Like nobody's making any more land. So if you can make the right investments in land, they can stay with you and kind of pay themselves off and, and help you out um, long into your future. What I was about to say is, is with, with real estate too, is when you talk about investment, you have to really be patient. A lot of people, um, they get, they get into it and they get over their heads because they, 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 they try to invest too quickly. 
all the investments I've always done, I've been very patient and I don't, and, and I let the investment come to me. I don't really go crazy searching for it. I, I have, I put the feelers out there. I, I allow it to feel what is out there, what is on the market. And then I don't jump on anything. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And, and slowly you'll see there's opportunities out there. You just have to be patient with them. Yeah. Um, so now let's go back to Camoraware for a little bit. So you start this thing and you've got a lot of pressure on your shoulders, right? Like you're a provider for your family, not the only provider, but the primary provider. And you've got a son that's born with special needs, which is going to take a lot of time. Tell us about some of the grind those first few years of getting Camoraware off the ground. You're, you're essentially trying to build a brand. I mean, anytime you get into a company, you have to understand that there's certain aspects of building a brand. You have to be able to pivot at any moment. And I'm and I've always all the way through all the companies I've ever built and sold in the past, I've always understood that pivoting and exiting at the right time. And when I built Camorra, where initially that was my mindset was I'm going to build a brand for three, four years, exit it, move on to something else because I like creating and building. I never realized that. Um, the opportunity of a brand, if done properly, keep, could, could keep growing, keep developing, as long as you're not scared yeah. to pivot. And when I started the company in 2006, um, we started off as actually an apparel brand. And uh, we um, really focused on um, the martial art world. And at that time, the whole UFC, Ultimate Fighting um, Championship, was really starting to get peaked and be very popular on TV. And and I was yeah. I, I jumped on the bandwagon right before that peak, and and we said, let's. The, my mindset was, you have to build the brand as quickly as you possibly can and get in, in front of as many faces as you possibly can. And I thought through apparel, that would be the quickest way to get on in front of as many faces, making many people wear t-shirts mm -hmm. or getting it on as many athletes as possible. So we built the brand that way very quickly. But I realized also very quickly within the first year and a half. There was a lot of other companies with a lot more money to invest on sponsorship, a lot more companies that had a lot more um, development behind them. And I realized it would be very hard to compete with these guys. And that's when I really pivoted and I said, you know what, everybody that's that's becoming a fan, a good percent of those people are now joining gyms and trying to start martial arts. They're going to need equipment. And I yeah. really started pivoting into an equipment side. And years later, we've pivoted the company so many times. But we had turned the company into a full equipment brand and those companies that stayed on that path of apparel, most of them went bankrupt after a few years because there was so much money, money oh, yeah. invested in sponsorship. Yeah. Right. So I understood and I understand with all my stuff and that's something I teach on a regular basis is you have to be able to understand the market and understand and, and kind of forecast what is happening. The minute you don't forecast what's happening, you're going to be, you're going to be stuck behind. And, and I'm a strong believer when it comes to building a brand is you don't have to really focus on your competitors. You just have to know what they're doing. Be aware of where they are, what they're yeah. doing and, and, and really study what they're doing, but also study the market, understand what is happening in the industry. Where is it churning? Where can you pivot and not be able to be fearful or scared of taking an opportunity to grow the company at the right time? Right. So there's different aspects of it. Right. And I think a lot of people is they, they build a brand and they just sit on the brand and they don't understand that they got to keep pivoting and growing and changing, whether it's the designs, the equipment, the prices, um, the market, who your target audience is. It's just constantly changing. And the ones that just sit still yeah. are the ones that fail. Right. Right. 
I want to go back to what it looks like as the the boss and the owner of the company to pivot. I want to go back to that in just a second because I think there's a lot of um, entrepreneurs that are really struggling with this and especially as the world pivoted because of COVID. But I think this is the perfect time to say, hey, man, let's just be honest. Uh, over the last couple of years, many people around the world said, I don't want to go back to the office. I want to work for myself. Basically, I want to become an entrepreneur. And I don't even have a passion for anything. I just want to make money working for myself. And Jeff, you know a thing or two or 10 or 20 things about starting companies. You know the challenges of starting companies. And can you talk for just a second to the guy or the gal who's driving right now listening to this and saying, okay, I'd love to leave the office. I'd love to start my own company. I don't even know what I want to do. All I know is I want to start my own company. Where do you go from there if you just have this desire to start working for yourself, but you don't know what to do next? I think I think you just hit it. You just hit the nail on the head right there. Is working for yourself. So you're the first process is being self-employed. When you could do something on a day-to-day basis, create your own schedule, create your own hours, create your own income, and pay yourself from that. That's the first step of being an entrepreneur. But it's only the first step of being an entrepreneur because at that point you're not even an entrepreneur. Yeah. You're self you're self-employed. Whether you're a barber. Whether you have your own barber shop, whether you, you're a painter, you're creating something, whether you're creating a product or a service that people are exchanging money for. So at that point, you're you're self-employed. You're creating income for yourself. And I think that's the first step with most entrepreneurs is finding something that they have a passion for, whether you're an artist, whether you want to design something, whether you're a barber, whether you're there's hairstylist, it, it, it could go on and on. But create, finding a passion that you can now exchange your time for money is the first step of becoming self-employed. Now that you've done that, now you create your own hours. Now you can start creating your own income. And as you start building the brand, which is yourself, when I'm, I'm a very strong believer in building yourself as a brand. Because mm-hmm. I think about five, 10 years ago, I was one of those entrepreneurs like most where when I built a brand, I didn't want to be the face of the brand. I always had that mindset. If I ever had to exit out the company, I don't want to be attached to it. That has totally changed. Now I'm, I'm a strong believer in you yeah. building your brand is just going to help elevate the level of that brand uh, with you attached to it so much higher because now people have a human connection to that brand. So building yourself, like I said, whether you're a barber or a stylist, whatever it is, building that as that starts bringing in some passive income and you could start putting a little bit of money aside. Now you take the little percent of that and use that towards marketing, maybe 20, 25% of your income towards marketing. And now you start building the brand. You're starting to build yourself through social media. You're building yourself as a brand. Now you want to take it to become an entrepreneur. That's when employees come along. That's when you start now figuring out a way where you could now bring in, if you're a barber, you get an extra chair. Now you have, you hire another barber. Now you're making a percent of their income. Now you start becoming an entrepreneur. Now you're starting to think of the wider picture of how to grow the business, how to make more income without your time involved. And that's when you become a true entrepreneur is when you could actually figure out the business you have a passion for that you love. Hey, now I could bring in employees and I could start building the brand, whether it's, like I said, a pair, whatever it is, building it up where now you could slowly, and I always say this, the minute you could fire yourself from positions of the company is when the company starts growing. And I think that's the first step. So being able to pull yourself out and bring in staff 
to take those roles on that allows you now freedom to grow and actually build the brand, not just work the day-to-day operations of the brand. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, um, you and I share this in common. When I started writing books, when we started this podcast, the producers, the editors insisted on me having my name on there, maybe even my face on the back cover. And I was like, man, I don't even want my name on it. I don't want my face on it. I don't really want to be, I don't mind creating the content. I just don't want my name plastered all over the place. That's where I was 10, 15 years ago too. So fun fact, the producers, the editors, they didn't let me off the hook. They basically said, Jeff, you don't have a choice. If it's your content and you're creating it, you're going to have to put your face and your name with it. And as a result, my name started to turn into a brand, which I never wanted, never even attempted to do. But I've been I've sat back and just kind of watched how that brand has created more interest. Other, you know, spun off other things a little bit like Jeff knows Inc. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, but I, I want to, I want to talk to the listener. I, I'm asking, I want to ask you to talk to the listener right now because there's that guy or gal who's saying, I just want to work for myself. I just don't even care what it is. I want to work for myself. And then there's a whole different type of listener who says, I got this passion and I don't get a chance to do it in my day to day job and if I could leave my day-to-day job and make a living doing what I'm passionate about, I would do that in a second. So, right, you have two very different kinds of people here that want to start their own business. One of them already knows what their passion is, and they're just kind of pursuing that passion. And the other one says, I just don't want to work for a boss anymore. I just want to make money working for myself. And then there's this moment where you start an endeavor. Maybe it's just you doing something that you care about or just you working for yourself and then it gets hard. And Jeff, you've coached a lot of entrepreneurs. So I want you to coach that guy or gal who's thinking about this right now through the moments where, okay, you've started an enterprise and then tough times happened and you have some really hard decisions and it's not going to be easy, but if you'll stick with it, you may be able to be successful on the other side. So what advice do you give people when the bottom of your industry drops out and you just put everything that you have in it and you're wondering, am I going to lose my shirt? Am I going to go bankrupt here? I think the biggest issue with entrepreneurs is that that mindset where I could, it's almost like they're the provider. I could do it. I could do it all on my own. I could do everything on my own. I could, I could figure this out on my own. And I think that's the yeah. wrong mindset. I think Every single industry, Jeff, there is going to be successes and there is going to be failures. Now, you could be one of those entrepreneurs where I'm going to figure it out on my own. And you might figure it out on your own. You might be able to figure it out in a year. You might take two years. You might figure it out in six months. But it's a good percent that you're going to fail because most entrepreneurs do fail. It's it's, it's a hard yeah. world. If, if it was so easy, everybody would do it. But you have to understand is, is understanding that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. A smart entrepreneur will really focus on somebody in that industry, more than one person in the industry, that's really successful, that's really achieved it at that point. Study what they've done. Reach out to them. Most successful individuals have no issues with helping or mentoring other people, whether it's if there's a there's a financial issue thing you have to pay, or most of them will do it just for free because they love helping under, other entrepreneurs if they've become very successful. So my first advice is if if you have an industry that you have a passion for that you're starting off that you're struggling in find people that they that really success leaves clues that they have left clues and really yeah. 
focus on them, study them, read their books, learn what they've made, learn the mistakes they've made so you don't do them. And I think that's the biggest issue is we try to figure everything out on our own. And and those failures are so devastating sometimes. They're hard to get up from. But if you could really study and I could say, you know what? I want to be a public speaker. I'm going to to reach out to Jeff and, and study what you've done. And reach out to you and get advice and what are the steps and where, which stages should I step on and, and how many people should I start talking to and how do I build my network? Learn all these things. Figure out what these successful people did wrong so you don't do it wrong and, and what they achieved. And then when it comes to build, say you want to develop a product or build, a, build a, a new item or anything like that, it's very easy to, like again, study the industry, figure out people that have products that are very similar to that. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You take somebody else's idea, and it sounds bad me saying this, but take somebody's idea and it's turned into your own. Make some modifications to it. You do not have to start fresh. There's so many people that have kind of paved the way. You just have to study and figure out how they did and allow them, whether it's directly or indirectly, mentor you. And really, really learn from them and then start start the passion and follow your passion from there, right? So I think there's a there's a huge step that could be of errors or 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 downfalls that you could bypass by just not being scared right. to ask a question, not being fearful to ask yeah. for help, right? Yeah. So you, you've just said like the guy, the gal who thinks I've got it all figured out, who's trying to do it all on their own without looking to others for advice or learning from other people's mistakes. Inevitably, you're going to make a few mistakes along the way. And you didn't take advantage of learning from somebody else's mistakes. And I found with, with uh, leaders, especially the big boss at the top, that guy or gal feels like, well, I can't ever let anybody think that I've messed up or they're going to lose confidence in me. So I got to give the impression that I don't make mistakes. And I think that's a fatal flaw Yeah. Um, because mistakes, um, as costly as they may be, mistakes can be the very thing that propels you to change, do something different and be wildly successful in the future. If you never made that mistake, you never make that change and you never become wildly successful in the future. The classic example here is um, Thomas Edison, right? When he was trying to figure out how to make the incandescent light bulb and just went from one failed attempt after another, after another, there's wildly different numbers here, but some people say a thousand, some people say 10,000 different attempts that were totally unsuccessful. And people asked Edison, when are you going to give up on this thing? And Edison said, well, first, why would I give up? I've got way too much invested in. I've learned too many times what doesn't make an incandescent light bulb. Eventually, I'm going to figure this thing out because I've eliminated all of the mistakes and there's nothing left but success. And I would like you for just a second to talk to that guy or gal who says, I don't know if I want to take a risk because I don't want to undermine the confidence of the people that work for me, but I also am really afraid of making that mistake and looking bad in the eyes of the people that are looking up to me. So you counsel leaders, what would you say to that guy or gal who's just paranoid about making a mistake and therefore they don't even want to take the risk? A failure is a lesson. 
That's that's the first mindset you have to have. If every failure is in a lesson and you have to take it as a lesson and you're not going to go through and fail again. So you're you're learning from your lessons. As a leader, I think being vulnerable is that, that almost like as a male, you're toxic masculinity, right? It says being vulnerable and being <laughs> and being open yeah. and, and not being scared to fail is is a very strong leadership skill and 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 is a very strong leadership tool so understanding that i think as a leader if you're open and honest and you're very transparent with your staff that this is where we are and this is where i want to get to and these are the possible losses along the way these are the possible things that could go wrong along the way if you're open from day one with them i think most people are going to appreciate that and they're going to enjoy that ride because they have more now committed to it because they understand that they're part of this journey now. And uh, allowing, I think, your staff and and the people around you to be part of the journey, whether it's the ups and downs, just builds a stronger community, a stronger team. And and obviously from yourself in the military, it's you, you understand this more than anything, right? It's as a leader, you want to be strong, you want to be the provider, but at the same time, being vulnerable and understanding that we are just men or just women and and and, yeah. and and losses are a part of growing. Everything beautiful in this world that has grown, there has been a, a moment of the stress or stress to it to cause that growth. And and yeah. as leaders, we have to understand that every single moment of stress in our lives is just almost a test, a test that is allowing us that moment of growth. And if we could really hone in and understand that that test, that moment, that stress that we're going through in our lives are going to make us stronger and make us stronger as leaders and make us stronger as providers, I think it's, it's this beautiful thing. I think we all need it and we all should strive from it if, if we really understand it. Yeah. So what you're hearing from Jeff is if you really want to be unbeatable and you just made a mistake and you failed a little bit, this is the worst possible time to throw in the towel because you've just learned a valuable lesson. You can grow from that lesson. But if that failure is prompting you to say, you know what, I just want to quit. I want to give up because it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. Well, use that failure to motivate you to do things a little bit different in the future. This is the worst time to give up after you fail. Maybe it's the time to dig in and to dig deep and to say, all right, what I just tried didn't work. I'm going to figure out what does work. And that's what separates the people that are unbeatable. Now, Jeff, let's go back a little bit because I said, hey, can we hang on and come back to what it looks like to pivot? Because as you were talking, I was thinking, there's a guy or gal in every walk of life who's had the ground change underneath them right when they thought they had it all figured out, right? Right when things started to go well, the rules of the game changed right underneath them. And I'm not just talking about business now. I'm talking about a person that's been married for 15 or 25 years. And then all of a sudden something happened and life just changed radically underneath me or a child, something happened with your child and man, my family just changed or my finances just changed or I went to the doctor, right? And I got a report back from a biopsy and the report was not good. And the whole world just shifted underneath my feet. And I hear the word pivot and I think that gets scary, man, that gets scary because 
you kind of know your life, you know your marriage, you know your industry, you feel a little bit comfortable until everything shifts underneath you. And the idea of changing what you know and changing what's un, uh, what's comfortable for you gets really, really scary for a lot of people. So tell us, how do you make those pivots? And you use this language before it's too late. How do you recognize, and I got to pivot, and how do you embrace the unknown of pivoting before it's too late and you miss the opportunity? I, I think the biggest issue, Jeff, is most people could predict what is going to happen. The, the forecast of most things, whether a marriage breaking up, whether you're not taking your care of your health and you're under a lot of stress, whether mm -hmm. there's most things, there's certain things that are unpredictable, uh, a birth of a child that has issues or there's certain things that are unpredictable, but most things are predictable. And I think the biggest issue is most people recognize them or recognize this happening and they they, did, they don't want to deal with it. So they just try to push away and think it's going to disappear. That is the biggest issue. And and that comes with and that's yeah. why the divorce rate's so high. Because people, yeah. if they took the time and sat down with their wife or their spouse or their partner and say, hey, A, B, and C doesn't feel right, instead of avoiding it and avoiding and avoiding that difficult conversation, uh -huh. that marriage could be saved. Having open dialogue, having an open conversation. A lot of times yeah. they're they're so stuck in their old ways with their business and they don't want to pivot because they're like, no. This worked for seven years. It's going to work. Times change. Right, right. People change. Industries change. The pandemic was a perfect example of that. In Canada, we had 12,000 yeah. restaurants. 12,000 restaurants, Jeff, in a year and a half period, all locked their doors. But. Wow. But. there, I, I actually worked with a few of them. There is a lot of restaurants, mama, papa, small restaurants that learned how to focus on on skip the dishes and Uber eats and, and mm -hmm. take out and focus on local delivery for free. And they really pivoted their business and they made more money during COVID than they ever did in the past. <laughs> so yep. not being scared to take opportunities or find ways to capitalize on opportunities. Cause a lot of people, I mean, there's a, there's an opportunity in everything. You just really have to study when it comes to business, study the market and understanding that if I'm not making yeah. money with A, I got to make money with B. Let's figure out a way to make money with B. And a lot of people that just focus on this is what I know to do and that's all I'm going to do. Not understanding that this is an opportunity to actually grow the business. Don't be scared. Right. And 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 a lot of things too, a lot of times I think it's very important for all of us to understand when it comes to all these fears is we spend too much time thinking on the past, which is gone. We have no control over or uh -huh. thinking of the future, which we have no control over. We have to focus on what is happening at this second. Everything we talked about two minutes ago has zero, zero chance of changing. It's gone now. What's going to happen an hour from now? I can't control it. I might get a phone call. Things shit happens. Part of my language, but stuff happens. We have to focus on right now, this moment. What can I do to start changing the future outcome? Whether it's my marriage, whether it's spending time with my children, being more of a present father, being more of a better leader at my business, being a better leader in my community, being a better leader with, with my loved ones, being able to, I always say this, living with no regrets. I talked about this all the time, Jeff, is yeah. how many yeah. people 
get yeah. that phone call that a loved one died and they're like, oh my God, I wish I made that phone call. You have the time to make that phone call. Stop making excuses. Yeah. Yeah. Live with no regrets. Pick up that phone. Do not have, if you have a broken relationship in your life right now, pick up the phone and make the effort. Be the bigger man. Make the effort to figure out a way to put peace with that relationship. It doesn't mean that you, that relationship will continue. Say you, you have a, a personal friend or, 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 or a family member you haven't talked to in years, brother, sister, and, and something happened and a dumb argument over a family dinner and you haven't talked to in two years, pick up the phone because it takes two seconds yeah, to make definitely. peace with that relationship. Even if that relationship doesn't continue from there on, but you know in your mind you made that effort. So if something were to happen, you're not going to have regrets that you didn't pick up that phone. So live with no regrets. Live in the present. Focus on what you can control on right now. And don't be scared to make change. Don't wait for it to happen. Yeah. Make change now. Whether, like I said, talking to your wife, talking to your children, making sure that their relationship you have with them at this current time is at a, at a level that it should be, at a love level that it should be, right? Yeah, what you're hearing from Jeff is you can't go back and undo the 20 years of ignoring your health. You can't go back and undo 10 years of not discussing real problems in your marriage. You can't go back into the past and you have no idea what's waiting for you in the, in the future, but you have right now. Don't wait for another 20 years to to make some changes today. And then you don't have to sit back and say, I wish I would have done something when there was still a chance to do something, but now it's too late. Make the, the change as scary as they might be. Just go ahead and make those changes in your personal life, as well as in your professional life, man, Jeff, this is great advice. Um, I can't help, but think you're a guy who's got a lot on your plate and you're starting businesses and businesses when they're, when you start a business, it takes every ounce of energy and all of your time. You've got a family, you've got children who have some pretty significant needs. And I know people are driving right now, listening to this episode and saying, how did he do it? How did he balance? Hate that word, but how did he find time for his family and not lose his business? How did he find time for his business and not lose his family? And I know people are asking that question because I have been asked that question personally, maybe a thousand times. So how did you do it, man? How did you start the business and not lose your family in the, in the process? I'm going to say one thing first is the word balance is a lot of people push away for, especially entrepreneurs. They, they say they're, you get massive entrepreneurs like Gary Vee and, and, and world-class entrepreneurs say yeah. you can't have balance between family and business. And I think that's, that's a hunk of bull. You could have balance and how you have balance is really learning how to hone and focus and study your own schedule. It's, it sounds crazy when I say this, but I, put in my schedule time with my wife. I put in my schedule time with my kids, whether it's sporting events, whether it's going to the gym with them. It's in my schedule. I know today from this time to this time, I'm going to be with my children. From this time to this time, I'm going to go for a walk with my wife. It's intentionally putting these things in and calling them your non-negotiables. These non-negotiable things have to be in your schedule. Everything else is built around it. So you sit down and really figure out, yeah. grab a piece of paper and write in my life, what is non-negotiable? My health, working out, my, my relation with my wife, 
spending time with my wife, even if it's half an hour. It's finding the intentional time that are non-negotiables, putting your schedule. And once you're there, it's it's better to be 30 minutes present. Turn off your phone being present with your kids than spending two hours and not being present. Be on your phone just because they're at the playground or at a sporting at a sporting event you have, and you're not giving them any attention. You're not yeah. being present. Yeah. I'd rather you give them 30 minutes of, of pure intention and pure being present it is a lot more of a memory to them than actually spending time on your phone just going for a walk or going for things. So being yeah. present, learning how to be present – and really being intentional that these are your non-negotiables in your life. And everything else comes along. If you really want to start a business, you really want to understand that it is a solid sacrifice. It's the word sacrifice. If I have to work, if my my, my kids go to yeah. bed and I got to yeah. work from 10 till 2 in the morning, then suck it up and work. If you really want something, you're going to put the effort and time into it. There's there's days <laughs> I've worked right. 18, 20 hours. I, it is what it is. I'm up at 4.30 every morning, not because I like to, because I understand that from 4.30 till 6, 7 in the morning, I get a ton of things done when the other people, most of the world is still sleeping. I already got a big yep. chunk of my day done. And it's intentionally knowing that now when I finish my work, I could go home and be able to spend time with my kids, go to the gym with my kids, be able to every single night when their kids go to bed, going for a nice long walk with my wife and having a good open conversation every night. Monday to Friday, we have a walk every night. And that's our time to talk and heal and, and understand what is going on with our lives. So intentionally putting these things in your schedule, creating these non-negotiables, no matter what, I got, I, I'm with my kid from three to four. Somebody calls me and say, hey, Jeff, I got a great opportunity to be on a podcast. It is what it is. These are non-negotiables. I'll, if if, yep. if you really want to be yep. on your show, you'll figure another time to put me on your show. So that's right. Yeah, keeping these as non-negotiables is very powerful. And studying your schedule, understanding your schedule, and 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 what I mean by this, one more part of my schedule I, I, that is very important is learning how to cut out things from your schedule that do not need to be there. There's a lot of times yep. you waste on certain things in your schedule that are not needed to be there. That's one. And second is understanding that there's, and this is the hard one for a lot of people, is understanding there's certain people in your life that shouldn't be there either. There's a lot of people in your oh, life yeah. that are bringing you down. A lot of people in your life that are wasting your energy, wasting your time. Learning how to eliminate those people from your life. Learning how to eliminate things out of your schedule that shouldn't be there. Believe it or not, once you start studying your schedule and figuring out what is important, what's non-negotiable, you'll realize very quickly, Jeff, there's a lot of extra things that you're doing or a lot of time you're spending with people that you shouldn't be spending. And once you realize those things, yeah. you realize we do have enough time for everything. Yeah, Jeff, um, I do this energy and time audit every year. You know, most people take a look at their finances at the end of the year and they see what money they've spent and what they've saved and where it's going and where they'd like it to go next year. I do that, but I do the same thing with my time and yeah. with my energy. So I go back and look over my calendar and I say, what did I spend my time on? In fact, I literally print out a spreadsheet with where did my time go? And then I ask questions like, do I really want to spend that much of my life doing this thing? I want to do this thing, but I do want to, do I want to give that much of my life to this thing or energy? Do I want to give that much of my energy? Cause I have a limited amount of time and a limited amount of energy yeah. to this person or this thing. And every year around the new year, I make some really significant changes to my calendar because of this time and energy audit for the exact same reason that you just described. Like I've got a limited amount of time and my time with my family will not 
Uh, I will not let somebody else take away time with my family. So I put those things on my calendar and inevitably what happens is I don't have enough opportunity to put time with my family or something else on my calendar. Well, I guess something else is going to have to go then. Let me see what's going to have to go this year so that I can maintain that time with my calendar. And I think that there are some leaders who feel bad having to say to another person uh, in their professional life, hey, I'm sorry, I can't do that because I'm spending some time with my family right now. Um, And that's a good way of losing your family for the sake of your business or your professional life. Don't make that uh, mistake. I want to say something. Anybody that would turn around and say that to you and put you in that situation, you don't want to be doing business with them in the first place. They don't have the yeah. same values as you yep. and you want to align yourself with people that have the same values as you. And and one quick thing too, just for other entrepreneurs to understand is there's different metals. There's different times in your ear. Mm-hmm. There's more times you're going to have to dedicate to your business. That is fine. I might now have to alter my schedule and instead of spending two hours with my kids, spend an hour with my kids every day or an hour and a half with my kids. And really put a little bit more time into my business because now we're, we're, we're coming with a new product. We're, we're going through our high season or right. peak season when we can make the most money. Don't feel guilty, but be present. Focus on when you are spending yeah. the time with your family, you're actually present. Your phone is off. You're, you're not taking phone calls. You're focused on spending the time with them. And another, I always say is when you are present and your time is limited – Take yourself and your family out of that daily environment. So if I have an hour with my kids, yeah, I will grab them. Let's 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 go let's go out let's go to batting cage. Let's go let's go for a bike ride. Let's get out of our environment. It builds the mm-hmm. memory a lot more of of packing these memories that one day you're not around that they're going to have in their hearts of all these things you did with them right. instead of just like okay I got an hour with you let's let's do something here no let's take them out of their environment make it a different routine if you go for a walk every day go through a different path just changing up that little routine just makes it new makes it more exciting again yeah um, and what I tend to tell people is when you're at work. Give it everything you got. But when you're at home, give it everything you got at home too. The language that I use is when I'm at work, I'm all the way at work. But when I'm at home, I'm all the way at home. And I leave work behind me and don't let it impact my family. I want my family to know they've got dad, they've got their husband's first attention um, and not playing on my phone, not doing work while I'm at home and supposedly spending time with my family, when in reality, what I'm doing is just catching up on work that didn't get done today. Um, Hey, I only have a little bit of time with you because I want to respect your busy schedule and the listeners. The first season of Unbeatable, we did this middle of the interview, you know, break to kind of lighten the load. I did this thing that we called the high five, where we would just go back and forth with our top five answers to a question. That didn't really didn't go over the way that I wanted it to the first season. So I think I'm going to change things up and you're going to be my guinea pig. So work with me, Jeff. Um, Instead of doing a high five with you, what I want to do with my guests in season two of Unbeatable is just find out one of the fun facts about you. Um, And because you're a busy guy, I am too. I wanted to ask you as a fun fact, like if you had an hour to your schedule this week where there was absolutely no home, no business, no podcast responsibilities, if you had one hour that you could pretty much do whatever you wanted to do, what would you spend that hour doing this week? (sighs) 
I mean, I'm a big baseball guy, so put me in front of a baseball game all day long. I can watch baseball. All right. So, so nice. that is that that has to be it. But at the same time, too, I I, I love. I've I've been working on so 16. Like I find this unbelievably stress relief, this enjoyment of just doing physical activity, whether you're going for a light bike ride or a hike or hitting the gym. Like I, a lot of people put it part of their schedule for their benefit. To me, it's, it's, if I don't do it, I feel like something's missing out of me. So physical activity is a huge part uh-huh. as well. So if I have an hour extra, I, I would probably do something maybe outdoor, something activity wise as well. Right. All right. And listen to a baseball game while you're doing it. Right. Knock there you out go. two birds with one stone. <laughs> there you go. Hey, man. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Thank you for being the first uh, guest on season two. Um, there's a lot of things that you're doing and you're doing really, really well. And if people want to know more about you, if they want to know more about the Jeff Knows show, if they want to know more about you personally, how do they find you? Yeah, you could. Um, I mean, we, we I'm on all the social media platforms, uh, primarily on IG, Instagram. That's where I spend most of the time. And it's mm-hmm. just... Um, it's just at Jeff Lopes, J-E-F-F-L-O-P-E-S. And the podcast you listen on any platform is Jeff Knows Inc. Um, podcast on any platform, YouTube. And I'm, I'm, you have a question, you have any concerns, you have anything, I, I'm, I'm very accessible. DM me. I always answer all my, my own messages and uh, try to get back to everybody and, and help people. I mean, I, I went on a spree of almost three years helping 63 young entrepreneurs and never charged a penny, which is all about giving back and helping wow. and seeing them grow. And, wow. and I like helping out. And I want to just add one little thing that it's been in the back of my head. Yeah. We were talking about it. two seconds. I want to add this in here. And I was going to ask you this, but uh, one thing is, and you would have mentioned when you get home, you separate work and, 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 and family time. I think a lot of people find that very hard to do. And this is something a lot of people has asked questions on is a lot of people, if you had a shit day at work and you walk in your house and you walk in with a frown in your face, mm-hmm. that energy, that negative energy is automatically passed to your family and they see it and the rest of the night is ruined. Yep. So learning how to reset yourself, whether you got cut off in traffic, somebody upset you at the grocery store, on your way home, when you were parked in that driveway, I always tell, I, and I've been doing this for years, take a two, three minutes before you walk in your house, think of the day, mm-hmm. put it behind you. Take a deep breath, sometimes even count to five, whatever it is that you need to do to reset yourself. Walk in that front door, even if you had a shit day, walk in the front door with a big smile and a big hug to your family. And all of a sudden, their energy is going to put you in a positive energy and you're going to have a wonderful night. Yeah. So never bring the negativity into the home because it ain't going to leave once it starts. So just learning how to separate that. And, and, and sometimes it takes a little reset. That's fine. Take a little t- five minutes, three minutes in the car. Just yeah. reset yourself. It's going to make a way better family life that you will stop bringing your problems home from, from the office. As an entrepreneur, we always have ups and down days, right? Yeah, that's great advice. Um, one of the other things that I think I want to do with this season of Unbeatable Jeff is to take a lesson that I learned from this episode and implement it personally. But I want to challenge the listeners to do the same thing. So each episode, what I want to do is challenge you to do one thing that you heard over this episode this week that may make your life a little bit different, but will make you unbeatable. And whether you know it or not, Jeff, here was the challenge that you issued to me. I'm typically not not a guy who lives with regrets, but you made it pretty clear. None of us know what tomorrow holds. So my one challenge for me personally, and I want to challenge all of the listeners with this as well, is find one thing that you know, I really need to do this. I really need to say this, but I've been putting it off. 
And this week, have that conversation, do that task that you've been putting off, get that thing that's been hanging over the back of your head for a long time, do that thing this week. And that thing no longer has to hang over your head, man. Thank you for challenging me. Don't live this week with regrets. And thanks for being part of the first season or the second season of Unbeatable Jeff. Hey, here it is, the challenge for you this week. Jeff reminded us that all of us tend to go through life with a few regrets. And if this week, you know you need to have a conversation, if you know that there's something that you really need to do and you've just been putting it off, well, don't wait. Will you take Jeff's challenge and go have that conversation, go take care of that task and get that thing off of the back of your mind, get it off of your schedule and become unbeatable. I want to just say thank you for helping me go into season two of this podcast. And if you're new and connecting with us for the first time, I would love for you to go ahead and follow us on social media. You can find us pretty much everywhere by just searching for at Unbeatable Podcast. Or if you've been listening to season one and you really like what you're hearing, why don't you go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and tell other people about it while you're at it. And for those of you who really need a shot in the arm in season two, you're going through some hard times and you really need some motivation. I've provided this totally free resource. It's a PDF download that'll just give you lots of great quotes and great thoughts to help you get through some of the hardest days that you're going to face over the next year. It's called the Unbeatable Army Survival Guide. And the only thing you got to do to get it is just go to unbeatablearmy.com. There's a, a link that will take you straight to that survival guide. It is our free gift to you just for to say thank you for being an absolutely amazing audience. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you right back here with our next guest on Unbeatable. Unbeatable.